Do, 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 do. We're back. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yang Gang Podcast, episode number four. We have updates on policies and Andrew Yang's campaign's whereabouts. Um, so stick with us for the next, I don't know what, 20, 25 minutes? We'll bust yeah. it out for you so you can get on with your day. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll let you start off with our uh, policy update. Yeah, so we got today we're going to cover policies 4, 5, and 6. He's tweeted out 13, um, but like I guess the rate at which we cover these doesn't really matter because they're all on his website. Visit yang2020.com. That's a plug. Well, we, we're going to build upon what he is talking about. Yeah. Or what he has written down for the policies. Yeah. So, but policies four, five, and six. Policy number four, relocate federal agencies. Policy number five is to extend daylight savings. And policy number six is the canine dividend. So, I plan on diving into all these. Um, and We're going to yeah. dive right in. Yeah. Dive pool's right open, in. people. The pool's open. We're diving in. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll start with the first policy. Number four. Break it down. Relocate federal agencies. And so Relocate this is based on the argument that Washington, D.C., according to Andrew Yang himself, Washington, D.C. is now one of the most expensive and crowded parts of the country. Well, We've, you didn't need him to say that. I mean, that's just a, yeah, that's that's a, a given. no truth. Yeah. You know, D.C., I mean, San Francisco. Beltway. All these know. big cities, they need to do something about it, but carry on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Relocating certain agencies would reduce costs, spread out the benefits, and make our government more responsive. Just true. A local government is a more responsive government. For I, uh, sure, local, yeah. local government. It's more actionable, and you can see tangible results. Yeah, I would agree. So, I mean, there's all of these, by the way, are available on his website in depth. Um, so, I mean, I can speak more about. We're these. like the audio book version of it. Yeah. So his argument. More details. Federal agencies that aren't directly tied to the central to central government activities, i.e., the NIH, should be replaced to different areas throughout the relocated to different areas throughout the country to provide a boost to local economies and tie the rest of the country to the federal government. I.e., move these places oh, into into the middle of the countries to provide yes. work for people. And a That's better what people, connection. Some people have been saying is like these these companies need to take one for the team. You know, yeah. that's that's uh, the people in the middle parts of the country feel left out. Not I just am. specifically in the middle of the country, but a lot of people feel left out. Yeah, I would agree. And the goal, I mean, the goal about all this is to Humanity just first. provide yeah provide better better lives for people. Um, so we can speak on, we can move to the, we can move to the fifth one if we would want to, um, moving on. Yeah. So fifth one is extending daylight savings time. So this, what's that all about? What is this whole daylight savings time debate? Because I've heard it a couple times. Um, I heard it on NPR a while ago and now I'm hearing about it again. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it is. Switching back and forth literally kills a few Americans each year due to an uptick in accidents during that time. Daylight savings time... This is according to the website, correct? Yes. Daylight savings time has real benefits. We should just pick the time and stick to it. This is Andrew Yang's direct direct quote from Twitter. Um, okay. 
Daylight savings time. This is actually great. So we should talk about this. Daylight savings times, or DST, was implemented during World War One to decrease energy utilization. While modern technology, really? yeah, this is really, really? interesting. Uh, we're we're on a history lesson today here on the Yang Gang. I podcast. did not know that. I honestly did not know that. Carry on. While modern technology, specifically AC units, make the energy savings a wash, there are a lot of other benefits to extend daytime to extended daytime hours. While mornings are darker, evenings are lighter for longer. This leads to one, increased exercise and outdoor activity, two, lower crime as the amount of time people are out in the dark decreases, three, increased economic activity as people are more likely to shop at night when it's still light out, four, fewer traffic accidents as it's easier to drive in the sunlight, those are all true. Additionally, removing the transition between the different times would, one, decrease traffic accidents that result from people being tired, two, alleviate the increase in heart attacks seen following the time change, three, prevent us from needing to reset our clocks, a minor annoyance, but it's an annoyance nonetheless, and four, prevent us from being late to work. <laughs> That's directly off the website. So, I, uh, yeah, that was policy number five. What are your thoughts about that? I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, what people have been saying about daylight savings time. I haven't thought twice about it. I was just, you know, I just accepted it as a part of, you know, part yeah. of life in this society. Yeah. Now I know, you know, it's like all right. Well, um, from my personal perspective, I work. I work a nine to five. You know, so I come home. Shop works. Hey, that. He works yeah. a nine to five. He works, yeah. he works a nine to five. People works a nine. He's to just five. a nine to fiver. And uh, give him a break. I come home during the winter time, and like I'm dark. I'm riding. I'm riding the Bart train. People, well, it's these like four forty-five, man. It might as well be nine o'clock. And uh, yeah, it's already dark out. Meanwhile, days like now, it's it's seven still o'clock light. and the sun's still shining. Seven o'clock at night. Beautiful day, by the way. Much better. In San Francisco? Much better. It gives me the chance to go running after work. It gives me, like, it's just better. So, yeah, we should more extend daylight to savings keep, time. You know, to carry on with what, you know, with, with, your, with your day. Well, I couldn't yeah. get that out. With your day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want shit, dude. When it gets dark out at 5 o'clock, I don't have much incentive. I'm like, man, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go to the grocery quick, store. Like, yeah. And that's this, that's the things he's talking about economic incentive. Like well, if it's lighter out, you want my official yeah. opinion. You know, I, yeah, I, get I like it. this I get policy. It. Okay, moving on. Policy number six, final <laughs> policy of the night. The canine dividend. See this one, I'm interested to know. It's uh, like, are they getting are they getting milk bones from the government? I don't know. Okay, here we go. Please do explain. Verbatim from Andrew from the Yanks website again, people. Keep in mind, we're like the audiobook. <laughs> the, the audio we're ensuring to, to let you know that we are directly quoting. Yeah. GDP continues to go up and up while the number of dogs per household before you has can, remained stagnant. Before stagnant. you continue, there was a mentioning of GDP. What do we like to say YGP around these parts? YGP over, over GDP. GDP. Yang Gang 2020. Yeah. Carry on. Sorry, I just wanted to drop that line. Nothing would do more to improve the mental health of every American than providing them with... 1,000 dogs per month. Oh, man. I didn't even... I did not read the end of this. <laughs> Boy, what? April Fool's Day. He released this on April 1st. Well, K-9 really dividend is now real. 
we were really uh, really behind on it. Yeah. Shit, if he said one dog, I'd be happy. To quote this, who's a good boy? Yes, you's a good boy. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Andrew Yang talking to his dog. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that so was, there was only six. Well, okay, well, let's get to the next real policy. Yeah, new policy number seven. <laughs> I don't have that pulled up off Ooh. the bat. Rookie mistake, people. Mm, who's, you know? Well, while he is looking up uh, that information, we'd like to reiterate a recent report that the Andrew Yang campaign has raised currently $1.7 million in the first quarter. A lot of them were small donors donating below $300, meaning people like you and me, just, um, you know, supporters of this man's message. Um, and are willing to donate anything that we, you know, we have. Even if it's a small amount, we want to show out, show, show out our support. He also sold about $300,000 of Andrew Yang apparel. Now, I might add that you can also find originally designed Andrew Yang Yang Gang Podcast apparel from our website at yanggangpodcast.com. Um, and some pretty cool shit. Um Original designs. We got a selection of uh, apparel and uh, you know t-shirts, beanies. We got you. We got you covered. Uh, moving on. Number seven. New policy number Found seven, it? which is really new policy number six, is lower the voting age to sixteen. Now this is a controversial one. What are your thoughts about this? I can I can explain this, but I think this one is. I don't think a sixteen-year-old um, has the has the mental wherewithal or the life experience to understand what their vote meant, like really meant. Do you think a sixteen-year-old, maybe yeah. with the this you know, the small I, uh... the small few, um, actually. Yeah, I do. I mean, you even have like I grown do. adults who don't even know what the fuck goes on with politics. You think a sixteen-year-old is gonna know? No. Oh, clearly, there's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> just I, uh, uh, just came right out. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, this is one that I. Um, I'm sorry, this to one. Keep this mind. one caught me a little off guard. Oh. So maybe you can you. win me over. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So let's hear what he has to say as opposed to sure. our opinions about this. Lovely idea. While the 20... Okay. This is the brief. While the 2018 midterm election saw the highest turnaround in a non-presidential year since 1914, that turnaround was still under 50%. Presidential election turnout hovers between 50 and 65%. This is low. While reforms making it easier to vote should be implemented as well, we can also increase civic engagement in, reg in regular voting by lowering the voting age. Okay. So that's the initial statement. Here we go. Studies show that allowing younger people to vote has positive impacts on overall voting habits. Localities that have tried that have lowered the voting age have seen an increase in voter turnout across all age groups. Other studies have shown that delaying when a person first votes because of birth dates and election cycles decreases the likelihood that they will ever become a regular voter. Is this a position that all Democrats I don't know, actually. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about the... Uh, quite, uh, but most of them, I would say, 
are supporting this, yeah. This is, yeah, one of their new pushes. Mm, interesting. Um, okay. Okay. Here, uh, let's, let's finish this out. At 16, Americans don't have hourly limits imposed on their work, and they still pay taxes. Which, if you're working, mm, if you're working, yeah. even you know, flipping burgers, yeah. yeah. Their livelihoods are directly impacted by legislation, and they should therefore be allowed to vote for their representatives. I actually agree with that. I definitely agree with that. From that perspective, yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah. This is the last last paragraph of this. Additionally, because of election cycles, there's a level of unfairness that comes with what year a person is born. Senators are on a six-year cycle, and the president is on a four-year cycle, not to mention local offices. Someone born at the wrong time in a cycle would have to wait much longer to cast a ballot for certain offices than someone born at another time. While that's true if the voting age is lower to 16, it decreases the age at which the person is first allowed to vote for that office, thus allowing them to have a longer period of time where they feel represented. Because, like, you might not vote for the president for the first time until you're 21 at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I like this because, simply put, like, I just... So it's a way to make more active voters. Yeah, which we need, like... Yeah. um, We need this to be... Like, if we want a democracy, we need everyone to have a voice. It needs energized. Our politics needs energized. And I believe, and I'm sure you believe, that Andrew Yang's message and campaign brings that kind of energy that is needed. A fresh perspective... Yeah. on politics and that's yeah. what andrew yang is um he comes at it very clear concise to the point there's no political fluff to it um and you know he wants the economy to work for us yeah um yeah i agree so do i that's why i'm doing this podcast that's why, why we're doing, doing this doing podcast it? yeah that's that is the sole reason why we're doing this podcast is because it's the message that is important to um to build upon right now he's pulling between one and three percent um but as he's echoing echoing what he's saying he's like we need to keep building this momentum build upon it relentlessly to get him to the numbers where he needs to be so ultimately by doing that he can give us his numbers yeah in uh, the form of the freedom dividend and yeah um and and just like a, a working economy I just, Again. I'm someone who, and you can speak to this too, there's a lot of people in this country who go to college, and even those who graduate, and they come out of college, and there isn't a job for them. There's things that they might, they might even go to school, and they're not even, they're not even trained, right? They're not even, or there aren't jobs for the positions that they've been trained in because... Maybe, I mean, because they don't know that those jobs are going away. And we need to solve some of these problems. And we need to get people back on track so they can really live. Because they say the economy is doing well, but, like, what does that, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean people's quality of life is improving? That's what we should be seeing. Because if, that's if what we the should economy be to is to be getting better, that means that there should be investments in the betterment of everybody's lives right. some way shape or form but um as you know, a number of, of of you know a lot of coverage has shown um 
most of this country is just kind of getting crushed right now. Yeah. They're not seeing the benefits. Who's who's benefiting? Yeah. I um th- I think the people people at the top the most just keep breaking it in. And it's um but we just need to to use our we need to get smart people in, smart people in politics. In politics. I'm I not totally that I'm not and I'm not speaking about all of the current politicians as if they're they're not smart. But we need to get They don't have the political fluff. Yes. And that that just this Or the this, awareness of the things to come a lot of the time, yeah. I feel like a lot of politicians their heads are up in the clouds the way they speak to people. But Andrew Yang is just like, no, this I mean these are the numbers. This is this is like, what this it's showing is, these us. These are the numbers. And he's not he's not um, not once in any of his interviews is he ever bashing anyone. He's not trashing anyone. He sticks to his message. He's focused. He has his focus on a message. Yeah. He's not he's not uh, engaging in that that political banter that you would typically hear from a politician. Yeah. No, and that's... He worked in the Obama administration. What position was he? I'm not sure if he worked for them. He just did Venture for America, and I oh, think he, just he was Venture given yeah, mm. um, some sort of... Access to yeah, the White House. Mm. Some sort of, like, commendation for that. Um, but still, a lot of this is just... We want we want the smart, smart people making the decisions. Like... And that, like I, like I'm, I'm not even trying to speak ill of any specific politicians, but we just want the smart people making the decisions, and we want the people who know what's coming making the decisions because we need to be prepared. And that's quoting the Democratic Party leadership in Iowa. Mr. Yang has the most detailed and comprehensive set of policy proposals we have ever seen at this stage in the campaign. This is Iowa. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he is he's going hard in like Iowa. He's going there hard. He knows what he's, he's got to do. He's smart. He's got to make the checkpoints. I don't think the other ones have been there. Yeah. You think Biden or Bernie has been to Iowa? Yeah. No. That's the thing. You do well in the caucuses. Who knows, Dean? Who knows? So, but I think uh, I think that's been about it today. We went through policies three through seven. Oh, you look like you just read stumbled on another. Oh no. Okay. Well, I did, but I don't. I don't necessarily want to to um, have it on the microphone. Okay. It's not that big of a secret, but you know we need to discuss this post production. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, that was policies three through seven, including the, uh, the canine silly, dividend. Yeah. That would be nice, even yeah. if it was one, not a thousand dogs. Even if it was just one. Just a dollar per person, you know. Um. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah. For those who are interested in, in if you have, this is the first one you've listened to, we've recorded three more of these. You can go listen to them. Um, we're working on fixing some of the audio issues on those. So indeed, we are. And, the, um, and but, this one. You know, we hope you you stick it out and you just you know we're bringing you updates on the campaign. If you'd rather hear it in audio form, we are that platform for all of your Andrew Yang whereabouts and uh, what's going on. We would like to remind you that uh, this Sunday. April 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Andrew Yang is doing a CNN town hall, and he is going to be on his largest platform yet yeah, to engage the sure. American public 
he will get you know pressed a little bit so it'll be nice to see how he uh how he responds how he responds and i think he's gonna he's gonna kill it and not to mention it is a beautiful segue straight into game of thrones yeah 9 p.m dude oh shit Things are going to get wild. Yeah. It's going to get even crazier as Andrew Yang starts to build on this momentum of his uh, his campaign. And here's my final prediction before we go. Sitting on the Iron Throne, that is the Oval Office chair, will be Andrew Yang in 2020. Till, till next time. Till next time.